0: Welcome to Corporate Treasury 101 for this third episode of our very special series with Mike Richards. Today we talk about what Mike has learned from the 200 plus group treasurer he has interviewed throughout his podcaster's journey. Needless to present Mike anymore, this will be the third time you hear from him on Corporate Treasury 101. We indeed published episode one and two already, where in the first, we talk about the very early stages of a career in Treasury, how you get there and how to stand out. In episode two, we then covered the mid-levels of Treasury with a focus on the Treasury manager's role and how to get ahead in that very position. In the episode of today, we discuss the much more senior roles, regional, deputy, group and global Treasurers. What is done at those levels? What are the challenges coming with such a high position? what to do in order to become an amazing global treasurer, and much more. If, like us, you deeply enjoy our conversation with Mike, feel free to rate us on your favorite podcast app. You can also come and say hi on our Instagram page, if you like, at Corporate Treasury 101. Last but not least, if you'd like to connect with Mike and his team, if you are looking to get into Corporate treasury or are looking for a change in your career, they will be more than happy to help you out. You will find Mike's LinkedIn profile, website, and podcast links in the show notes. And with all that being said, on with the show. All right, here we are again. Mike, hello again. In previous episodes, we covered quite a lot. Thanks a lot for the uh, wonderful conversations we had. Uh, it was super insightful and uh, fruitful conversations so we covered both junior roles more like assistant and analyst treasurer we also talked a lot about what you do as a treasury manager now for this episode who and myself are quite interested to know what is at the top of the food chain like what does it look like at the top levels of a treasury departments. So can you maybe to begin with walk us through a little bit what are the roles there and what is happening at the top
1: levels? We talked about it in previous episodes that the typical structure of treasury is that typical pyramid if you like. So there is typically one global treasurer or director of treasury then they will have Maybe an international treasurer, you know, across in different regions, and things like that. So you might have your EMEA treasurer. You might have your global treasurer based in the US, for instance. EMEA treasurer based over in Europe, might have an Asia-Pacific treasurer. And they're the international treasurers. They're more regional responsibility. And then you've got deputy treasurers and assistant treasurers below them. So you might have, say, one or maybe two deputy treasurers. Sometimes they're interchangeable with the international treasurer, depending on the 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 scope of a company, as it were. An assistant treasurer is that level below that. People have said to me, and you guys, we talked about this before, I think that uh, an assistant treasurer assists, deputy treasurer deputises. And people say, well, I still don't understand. Well, generally, if there's a big decision to be made or you need to go to your bank or something like that, if you're an assistant treasurer, you still need to check with your boss. If you're a deputy treasurer, you don't need to. You've actually got that authority to actually make the decisions the buck stops with you a little bit as well although you might still talk to your treasurer it's a little bit more senior and things that's probably the best way to describe that seniority and there as we said in previous episodes the cfo generally a lot of the treasurers are the happiest people in treasury why because they're paid pretty well but in actual fact in terms of workflow they're the most empowered because they might see their cfo once a year for a formal briefing you know they see the cfo on a regular basis but what they'll do is they'll tend to see their cfo sit with the cfo and say right these are your goals for the year these are the things to do with your team and then i'll see you at the end of the quarter and see you the next quarter and have a coffee and stuff where are you up to what else and you'll have more frequent dialogue but it won't be so hands-on as we said in episode the first episode we did together treasury assistant is getting told what to do every day and getting trained and everything else whereas a treasurer uh, minimum 10 years experience but you've got i've got global treasurers that have got 30 40 years you know right at the top of their their Something. Of.
0: all right mike can you develop a bit on what deputy treasurer is because international well that's quite uh, an easy concept to grasp right same for emea apac all those regional treasurers but deputy can you develop a bit on this on what they do exactly
1: so like the treasurer a lot of the time will set the strategy Mm -hmm. and then they will interface with their deputy about the best way to execute that strategy so they will be the executioners of that and then people say well then there's an assistant treasurer and what you'll tend to find is that then the assistant treasurer helps them with that execution and they might be a deputy treasurer tends to be more focused upwards all the time but in general, whereas a lot of the time, the assistant treasurer will be focused downwards. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm getting this from when I've recruited at those levels, that an assistant treasurer will have maybe staff responsibility. They may have people re- reporting into them. They may be doing, you know, throughout lockdown, a lot of the guys were I was talking to were saying, oh, I've got to do this review with this person, do this review. Whilst at the time, the deputy treasurer was then having lots of meetings with the banks Mm -hmm. They'll be doing much of the outward activity and they would work maybe a little bit more in partnership. It's not saying they don't work in partnership, but the treasurer might work a little bit more closely with the deputy treasurer. And it might be also deputy treasurer sometimes has other responsibilities such as investor relations. They might leave the ESG agenda, look at environmental impacts and things like that. So they might be a little bit sometimes again, not all the time, it's not hard to fast, but they might be a little bit more business focused, whereas the assistant treasurer is a little bit more treasury focused. So they're about making sure everything is working and the team is there and everything else. Deputy treasurer is like, right, okay, we've got to do this, got to do this, they're holding people to account. And that's the mm-hmm. same for the treasurer position as well.
0: Okay. When you say treasurer again, you mean group treasurer, right? Or is it an abbreviation? So, gr-
1: well, let's go group and global just and um, we did this in our salary survey we talked about this as well go to treasurysalary.com to take part if you take mm-hmm. part you get the full results if you want the you know if you want to highlight the results no you have to take part that's the entry you know get yourself in there we most recently we ran it back last year and we keep on rerunning it we talked about this before but actually i noticed there was too big a group if you like and we it's great our victims of our own success we get so many global treasurers you know, I've now got global treasurers that have five regional treasury centers under them. They have a global team of 120 plus mm-hmm. through to a group treasurer of a housing association in the UK. And he's got two members of staff. Okay. They both are treasurers. They both have responsibility for treasury. However, one has a domestic balance sheet. And we also get this in the US as well. Some of their group treasurer roles are generally higher because they're dealing with 40 plus states, you know, so it's huge. But a group treasurer and then global treasurer and treasury director, we really push them into separate categories because, and that's what we do to judge them as well. Okay. So the title can pretty
0: much be the same, but it will also depend, the, the scope will also depend on the size of the company, right? And on
1: the yeah. amount of people that... Treasurer. Yeah. So when I get, you know, someone takes part in the salary survey and I see their numbers, I'm like, wow. But then I actually go through and look at. And it's quite easy through links A lot of the time, I know the people anyway. But I'm able to, you know, look at their profile and I go, "Wow, this person, you know, deals in every time zone, you know, and is they've got senior heads reporting into them, three or four of them, globally." Whereas mm-hmm. I say there's one person who's just got. Sometimes they might even just be the group treasurer, and then they've got a couple of junior staff, treasury assistant, and things like that. They're, they're totally different scales.
0: Okay, super clear. And so, just to annoy you a bit on this, and then come back on the term you used. So, huh? assistant treasurer, so a little bit the the less role you mentioned. Are we still talking about the the same rules as the entry roles, like treasury assistant and treasury analyst? No, no. Or no, it's no simply- very
1: assistant treasurer will tend to be qualified either in treasury or maybe accounting, and will be you know an assistant treasurer minimum level of experience will be eight years. Okay. More likely about 10. Deputy Treasurer will be eight plus years, sort of thing. Again, depends on the size of company, depends on how people and that's again what's interesting. I do the treasury our Treasury podcast, Treasury Career Corner, mm-hmm. which obviously this is gonna be on. But when I you talk to some of the guests, the way they organize Treasury, one thing I'm gonna tell you is it's always different. Okay. You now, one person says, we'd approach it this way. One says, we do this. One says, we diffuse lots of responsibilities out to the business. And one says, oh no, we're very centralized. Mm-hmm. But it's diverse and, and weird at the same time, but it's cool.
0: Okay. Is there a best way to do it or can any of those ways be very good?
1: There are basically? pros and cons in all of it. I think and it depends okay. on the, the central ethos. And I've looked at this before of a company. Mm-hmm. I did a survey in the past for one of our clients and wanted to benchmark the best structure. And they were a series of consumer goods and FMCG. So we had companies like Reckitt Benkezer, we had Kimberly Clark, Pfizer, and I was looking at their structures. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing was, I did this massive study, which I only charged 10 grand for, it should have charged 20 because it <laughs> just took up one, one entire Christmas. And I was doing all these interviews and things. And when I looked at the all charts in the last, you know, the appendix, all of them were just, none of them were the same. They were all just, you know, so at the time, Kimberly Clark had, in, certainly in international treasury, for instance, across Europe, they had some very junior operational guys that were supervised by one quite senior treasury person who processed and made them really great people. And they were really good. And then there was another person above that. Brilliant. And then I talked to the guys at Pfizer and they had a totally different structure. And I'm not, you know, not giving away company secrets here. They also, the thing is that the reason I say about Kimberly, they've changed their structure since then and mm-hmm. things change and evolve. And, you know, a different treasurer comes in, said, "Oh, we should organize it this way or a different way. And, you know, to go back to it, there is no one right way. There mm-hmm. are better and there are better practices and procedures. And you as a consultant, I mean, you've, you've seen this yourself, you, when you've bit. got in, what would you say from your position as result, is the most efficient or where have you seen the most success, would you say, from some of your clients? Oh, that's a, that's a difficult question. Well,
0: obviously, I think there is such a thing as best practices, right? But mm-hmm. what can be best practice on paper doesn't have... Just- yeah. Fits the reality, etc. And I'd like to come back to one of the comments you, you gave in one of the previous episodes that I can really relate about my consulting experience Treasury is a people person. It's super, super interesting on how, depending on who is managing how, the whole ship, let's say, goes in the same direction, right? And this can be like a super fast ship, super agile, small team that will do certain things, or a big boat that is super steady and goes in the same direction as well. So as you said, from my uh, small experience, I would say the same. Yeah, it depends on the people who manage the whole thing. It has to fit the company's c- culture as well. We yeah. mentioned in the some quite sometimes uh, the um, risk appetite and such a thing. So it's overall how the company is doing and the people that will be in the treasury department that will shape the best in class or not.
1: And let's use, sorry, just jump in there. Go ahead, go ahead. It's interesting that analogy, you know, what I've also seen, which I sometimes works very successfully and sometimes doesn't work quite so well mm-hmm. is when there's like a flotilla of lots of different ships. You know, you've got all these different ones and coordinating those. And you know, because you know Europe is different to the US, of course it is, but you know, then exactly. it's different to Asia PAC and then it's different. But how then someone you know keeps all of that coordinated, synchronized and successful mm-hmm. that I think is blooming challenging. That's Whereas, okay. you know, I think but there's, you know, the big ship, you know, big centralised is big central work. It just depends, you know. And I've seen successes and failures of both, and it's about embracing that, which is the challenge of treasury. And uh, so it's interesting because so
0: you mentioned the the guest and the different uh, treasury landscape they have. I'd like to come back on one that you mentioned in one of our previous episodes, so Chris, uh, and to come back a little bit to these roles into the top levels of treasury departments. So Chris, uh, that you mentioned, is a a VP, actually. How does it work in terms of corporate titles, if I may, at the treasury level? So you mentioned that the group treasurers report to the CFO. What role do they have on the corporate ladder? Like how much uh, influence they have in the overall company? What's the... So are you a director, basically, when you're
1: a group treasurer? Are you a VP, etc.? Well, great question because there's a massive dichotomy between the U.S. and the U.K. Oh, and Europe in general. Let's do Europe. Europe sits in the middle, and then we've got U.K. sits so one place and U.S. So, to give you an example, I've never seen a group treasurer in the U.K. on the board. Never. Okay, twenty-five years treasury recruitment experience. Never seen it. I wish they should be. And I think they actually deserve their place. And they should be seen at that level because treasury in itself is today's money and the future. You critical to the running the company, everything else. But -hmm. you'll see the chief financial officer. So that C level, if you like, executive level, they're on the board. You know, you go onto their website. Sometimes you might see a treasurer. If we're seeking to connect with US businesses, I often click on someone's website and there is, there's the CFO mm-hmm. and there's the treasurer or Excellent. VP treasury. And they might have a number of others, VP treasury, investor relations. We talk about future. We talk about all the other, the financing. And a lot of the time, the CFO in the US companies we deal with, we deal with today's money and actually then have a greater relationship. A lot of the time with their financial controller, looking about finances and backwards, if you like, and making sure solid foundation of finance Whereas the treasurer there a lot of the time is, you know, seen as a different. And I think it's people said, well, how do you think it's evolved? And I think it comes from the evolution of finance and treasury in America. Okay. Because a lot of, again, people have said, how many banking guys do I ever see in senior roles in UK and some European companies? European companies tend to be a little bit more open to it, not fully in America, I often see banking guys who have got some really good corporate experience going into sometimes the treasurer position, more often than not, usually the deputy treasurer or maybe VP or deputy VP, what do they call it? Assistant VP, or I can't mm-hmm. remember, it's a different title every week, AVP, but treasury and investor relations. And they'll come in and they've got all their experience of working on Wall Street and the bank relationships. And then they use that, they know all of the ways to do the financing, debt capital markets, and that then, after a number of years, will springboard them into the treasurer role. So, it's yeah,
0: it's it's quite different. And so this dichotomy, you said, comes from the cash and finance culture in the U.S. compared to the U.K. What's that cash and finance culture in the U.S.? What makes the difference for a group treasurer to be more valued, let's say, or at least considered at a C- think,
1: C-super I think a virtuous size in some ways, you know, I go and meet. So I speak at various conferences. I go to the AFP, which is the U S conference of treasurers. Mm -hmm. I go there and then I talk to a treasurer And you look at the size of their balance sheet, and it's 10 times the size of a balance sheet of most of you got FTSE 100, you drop down to say position 70 or 80 in the FTSE 100, the top 100 companies in the UK, you've got various, you know, you've got DAX in Germany, you've got all the different stock exchanges, but once you go below a bit below, Mm -hmm. whereas if you've got the fortune 500, they had the fortune 500, you drop down to 250, they're still bigger than some of, you know, some of the huge companies in and around UK and Europe, you know, the balance sheet is huge, you know, because the country itself is massive. And yeah, so sometimes I've seen people say, "Oh, you know," in, but the U.S. guys they're sometimes more focused on domestic or cash management. I'm going, "Yeah, but they they've got an extra couple of zeros on their balance sheet for the amount they turn over." You know, oh, okay, so it's a different kind of job, which again I think leads to why a lot of treasurers in the U.S. are a bit more senior sometimes because the scale—that's okay. one of the key things. And uh, Sam, you you know you you know this a little bit through your company, don't you as well?
2: It's true. I mean, the UK definitely is much smaller in that, in that regard. And and the US, just like the different states, the different federal regulations versus the different state regulations as well. There's just this added complexity of being in the US, right? Yeah. I'm sure that probably adds to it as well. And the market is just completely different there. It, it's a yeah. lead market. than when you speak to, they say, you so
0: no, fair. Thanks uh, thanks a lot Mike for these insights. And just to finish on this Europe, you said stands a little bit in uh, in between US and UK. So you saw some group to be being member of the board, or
1: what do you mean? Yeah, Mike? you do. And again it's got some mega major European groups. Mm-hmm. You know, so in different countries, you know, particularly used to be in Switzerland, Belgium and yeah. you know, you'd see some really big big groups, if you like. Mm-hmm. But they tend to be in the top 5 or 10 companies and then quickly it drops down if you like also you tend to get a number of regional centers and we've had there was an influx when i first started in treasury recruitment 20 odd years ago there was this big push to the netherlands where taxes they did all these tax breaks got everyone moving there was a flood of people and then they drifted away for a period and then everything happened in switzerland Mm -hmm. and at the time Colgate moved there. And this is, you know, this is public knowledge. They made a big treasury center. I recruited uh, out of a team of 12 at one stage, nine of the people. And then it just grew and grew and grew. And then tax rules changed and companies took a different look at their, their operations and they moved. And then also you had a rise of service centers over in Eastern Europe. And then you've even had a drift across right the way to the Middle East. And then it's gone all the way around. And then you've got lower cost centers. So you've got the Philippines and various things like that. And you know, outsourcing to India and things. And yes, you know, there's a can sometimes be a massive cost saving, but I'm seeing automation taking over a lot more from that. We'll probably do that a bit more on our next program. But you know, that will move staffing around the world. Mm-hmm. So the Treasury I've seen actually over the 20 years become not more complex, but actually the more intellectual, more intelligent. If you like, there are less processing jobs at the more junior Mm. levels. You know, sometimes I would recruit treasury analysts and dealers, and their roles might be a little bit more less sophisticated, more mundane, more matter-of-fact. You know, come in, do the dealing, that's Mm. it, you're done. Now the dealing is automated. You know, again, back when I started, there weren't things like FX All, which is a trading platform. So you can exchange and hedge your foreign exchange risk, it's gone. Suddenly had all these FX traders going, oh, they've invented this one product. I'm out. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah. So it took away a big because it machines took over, not taking everything over because we still need to turn them on and off. But and work exactly.
2: Moving on a little bit, Mike. So you've talked a few times about this this relationship between the CFO and the head treasurer, right, or the group treasurer or yeah. international treasurer to someone non treasury or or a little bit maybe even a little bit outside the the senior ranks. What's the difference in the roles? Like I think once in one of your podcasts you've mentioned, and I think it's the common line of yours that the CFO looks at the present, whereas the group treasurer is looking at the future. Yes. Right. What does that mean to you? How How do you explain that?
1: Well, let's take the CFO role. It is the chief financial officer. And so they are the custodians of all things finance related. And they have their critical team of their tax person. Again, you know, we've all talked about this and it's about moving money between countries and future tax and everything else. But they're very rules bound. They're very focused on laws, as rightly so. And so they're trying to minimize the tax bill. You know and trying to make sure you're so efficient with your tax brilliant and stuff people criticize them because they you know make massive tax savings hang on that's what they're paid to do you know i'm not saying it's all right but you know as people have said actually go and change some of the rules that's fine so that's the tax side financial control exactly what it says on the tin that's about today's money and backwards and auditing and making sure things are efficient and everything else then you come to the treasurer. I said to you guys in previous shows why I got into treasury, I didn't know treasury from anything else, should we say. And, but what I rapidly discovered, they're very relationship-focused. Why? Because they have to think about the money they're going to get today, and they have, and be the custodians of cash, and risk, and looking after it, financial risk management, everything, and the future. You know, we talked about it with the example with IDOS and Tomb Raider and looking after cash, future risk, and getting money. And I heard one of your you guys having that show the other day when you talk about FX hedging and stuff. And I thought, like, yeah, yeah, that's great. But they have this diverse role and they're looking at today's money in the future. And so when their CFO comes to them, they're wanting to have the answer to all things. They go to their tax guy saying, right, if we buy this company or whatever, what's the tax implication? And But they actually come to the treasurer and said, right, how are we going to buy that person? They don't go necessarily to the financial control and say, how are we going to buy it? They go to, you know, they might both work at them and say, well, this is our cash balance. Right, how can we raise this? Do we need to raise it in a bond? Do we need to, date, you know, what's our RCF, you know, revolving credit facility? How do we do all these different, where do we get the money from? Or what kind of, so it's very forward, very planning as well. So very intellectual and stuff.
2: That's a nice little avenue. So hmm. how do those different, let's say, uh, advisors to the CFO or executors to the CFO work with each other. So how does a treasurer work with the tax guy? How does he work with the financial control guy, et cetera? Like there must be some key interdependencies there as well, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. We work very closely with James Howell at the tax recruitment company. You know, inventive, okay. nice easy. Yeah, inventive. James is a good friend. <laughs> and one of the interesting things that it used to be, I would say you'd have a ha- head of tax and treasury, And the weird thing was you don't so much anymore. And I think that is because Mm -hmm. certainly my assessment of it when I've talked to James is that tax, if you are ahead of tax and treasury and it's 51% treasury, well, then someone says, well, how do you run tax? You get a really good tax manager because they're Mm -hmm. focused on the rules. They're focused on this and getting it done. There is no doubt a real interdependence between tax and treasury because any decision you make in treasury has an impact on tax and sometimes tax will go well you can't do that oh no no we can do this no there's going to be withholding tax there's going to be this There's going to be we should shape it a different way so they're like advisors to each other but treasury then say i want to do this what are the tax implications and you get some very good tax and treasury folks who understand both but you don't get someone that is usually wearing both those of, hats and a lot, well, a lot of tax guys will then do tax and then discover the world of treasury and go, oh, I want to do treasury. It's more fun. <laughs> That's not to size tax people, but it's because it's less rules. It's less, Facts. you know, it's about, we talked about the toolbox sometimes. It's about, here's the tools and you can choose them and use them right. Whereas the tax box, in my opinion, and what I've seen is here are the books and here are the things you must follow these, but well, we want to do this. That's illegal. No. You know, it's like you are restricted <laughs> yeah. and you must do these things in the right. And that's right for compliance and audit and everything else. But that's my, that's what I've seen. You you tell me you're the consultant, sir. Huh? You know, it's like, <laughs> couldn't agree more, Mike. That's uh, a good picture, I think. Mm.
2: Leading on from that. So you talk about like people coming into treasury, right? And I think you even have a podcast on your channel for someone, Toby, I think it was to be sure
1: yeah right. about
2: coming into treasury and, and the way his journey into it from there and then you just mentioned there as well, tax people coming in right so it seems yeah. to be i mean that's why you're in it as well right you're passionate about yeah, it, yeah, and, it and everything like that. so what about going the other way though right so uh, what's the journey like beyond treasury do you see people going the other way into tax or into financial control let's not touch going up just yet but moving across yeah. into other departments how's that how does that how have you seen that go
1: I haven't seen it so much. That's one of the things. Treasury can be slightly restrictive because it's so much fun. And actually, if they're going to certain areas, so, you know, some people will become a deputy CFO, but they'll tend to be more focused then on the finances of a company and they'll be, you know, have an influence on it. Or I have seen it in recent years. Treasury has taken on more responsibility for investment and investor relations, for instance, relationships with the banks the things. I think the rise of ESG is absolutely critical, if you like. Mm -hmm. We've got a podcast coming up with a guy who's based out in Israel, and one of the key things he said is that every single financing he's done now has got an ESG element, and in actual fact, all the ESG goals are totally focused within Treasury, and Treasury has to focus on the ESG goals, not the Treasury goals. You know, so we have to give back, we have to do this. And in order to do that, then the success of the company and everything else, it's really very sort of a virtuous circle, if you are. So and in actual fact, that is one of the things sometimes I see with treasurers, that they get to the treasurer role and they just want a bigger treasurer role. And that's where I tend to see it. You know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's not the end of their careers, but they will take on a certain amount of other responsibilities. But a lot of the time, unless they do become a CFO, There's a heck of a lot of competition. If there is only 100 treasurers, there might be, you know, 100 global CFO roles, but they've got competition from everyone in finance, everyone, you know, some strong guys in tax and some strong strong guys in treasury. It's even greater.
0: What's the best base to go to a CFO role? Will the treasury be ranked high in terms of there is a lot of competition, but hey, I have the treasury hat, so I will know how to take care of that on top of the financial aspect and tax aspect. Or You mean the bank, you... what,
1: what do you mean? The sort of base salary of? The, uh,
0: the not, not necessarily in terms of salary, but like, okay, i mean competition with a head of tax and a head of financial control. And we yeah. all three run for CFO. How yeah. is the group treasurer ranking among all those people?
1: It's getting better for treasurers because mm-hmm. they are less ivory tower. They're less just focused on the activities they do. And I've seen this again, we talk about it a lot on the podcast, the more they get involved in the business, and I've seen that more and more that actually some treasurers are sort of semi being voted in by the mm-hmm. business themselves, because tax by its very nature sometimes is tax focused and everything else, they will work with the business, but it has to be, you know, sort of limited in its way because, you know, they're defined by its rules and everything else. Financial control, no. yes, they're a key part of the business, they're about the finance and everything else. But Mm -hmm. Treasury has got this, you know, so it can be supply chain, it can be ESG, it can be the more that, again, that's what I'm seeing treasurers using that as a springboard into the CFO role. And a lot of the time that I see them being real candidates for the deputy CFO role, I've seen a few treasurers said, well, actually, my role is becoming more deputy CFO. And they take on the other responsibilities. And once they do that, they're then given the opportunity to be the CFO. Some make it, some don't. But it's yeah, it's it's about that focusing on the wider business.
2: That's interesting because yeah, it's, it's not so much the technical skills that the treasurer has, but it's more on the the exceptional treasurers which look at okay, not just oh, I need to my job is cash flow, my job is banking relationships or whatever, but it's really like how is all of those activities contributing to the wider business success, which I assume would apply in most roles, right? You want to think about your impact on the business more than just technically executing well. Right. Especially well, at that uh,
1: level. Well, just as you said that, I've just brought up Toby Shaw. This is, and people will perhaps put a link to it in the show notes. He's a non-exec with our atmosphere, not, not for profit about climate change, but he's been with Emirates Global Aluminium EGA for 14 years. He started there. And this is back in the day as senior credit risk officer, and then was corporate treasurer and chief risk officer. And then he became a board member for EGA America. And he's taken, and he's a, a prime example. You know, he's got here a new generation of treasury innovation in, in the UAE with a panel and he was doing all that stuff. He's used it very much. And there, you know, there's sort of a joint bench and, up. and there was Matthew Hearn who's out there as well. And he's a great guy who's who's gone out and taken it to the next level. And that's really where you can. So now Toby again is senior director, treasury risk and insurance. Again, that's an area I didn't mention earlier. The insurance is, I've seen more and more becoming more involved and closer in line with Treasury about risk and all the other risks that might happen as well.
2: Mike, you've interviewed loads of people, right? I think you're 200 plus episodes in. How many
1: episodes oh, Yeah, are you? I, I said this to someone the other day and they said, well, you've done your 200 podcasts, but you've been in Treasury recruitment for 20 years. And yeah. if you think I'm probably interviewing a person a day, yeah it's 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 tens of thousands of treasury professionals no. you just forget about that really it's only because there yeah. we thought hang on let's record them these are really cool guys
2: <laughs> good conversations so what's your main takeaway across across the board like you see so many faces coming in and out you've heard so many stories yeah. patterns must emerge out of that right like what do these people enjoy about this role what drives them to that role and also have you noticed any character traits necessarily that are common across them or anything like that especially the ones at the top right the group treasurers
1: well we talked in one of our previous episodes about the treasury uh, wheel if you like and and we'll put a link to that in there and that was some of the things that were the hard skills about the qualifications and attitude to risk and sort of risk mitigation and things like that but then outside of that there were all the other areas such as relationship building and that came from because again i struggled if you like after when i was going to chicago for one of the speeches laura who used to work with me she said oh what makes a good treasure and i said oh, i don't know i talked I talk to so many of them and, and i said each of them is different you know and again it's sometimes a personality that matches a different business sometimes it's about literally personality fit for a business." Sometimes it will be, I'll see someone who's particularly wanting to sort of push the envelope with a business and really embrace everything. But sometimes they're not suited to a business because the business isn't suitable for them yet. They might be there later, Mm. but you sometimes have very conservative business and they have a sort of maybe an attitude that means we'll get there. You know, there are still some treasuries I talk to and interface with who use Excel as their treasury system it's mm-hmm. not a treasury system, just for the yeah. for, for <laughs> listeners. It it, it, it's a finance package, <laughs> a spreadsheets that has very little. Get over and sit there, going, "Oh my god, yeah." And I'm sure you've <laughs> seen. It, like that. Um, yeah, it has no resilience, no controls or anything mm-hmm. else, and probably you're going, "Oh, make it stop." It stops so you,
2: itself half the time. Don't worry. It just well, crashes again, you, half the time. but you
1: also see, you know, so you see different, you see different treasurers or treasury professionals in different stages of their own personal evolution. Mm-hmm. But then you look at it and where they're going to fit in with a company or a client in that company's evolution. And perhaps they, you know, companies aren't static things. They are living, breathing, changing, how companies reacted to pandemic, how the next bumps come along. You know, people are talking about, well, you know, if we have a turn a corner, there are various world issues, you know, is there a recession later on in the year, what happens? But all these companies plan and approach them differently. So again, that's what you try and do is find a treasure that will fit that ethos. And that's what we do. You know, people say, Oh, you're a recruiter. And yeah, but we're not. We're actually a matcher of people, two talents, two companies, two CFOs, and everything. And they can all change. You know, CFO, new CFO will come in and they might clean house because they're going, look, I'm the yep. new CFO. And I've seen it where there's been a particularly aspirational CFO previously, new CFO. You know wants to go back to basics in to yeah. so come more controls and everything else and suddenly that doesn't fit with the treasury team you know they're all out and the flip side you know say a very established company that hasn't that needs a bit of a shake up i've seen a cfo come right guys we've got to drag you kicking and screaming into the 20th century and maybe the 21st century at a LA later stay you know like from we've got to move from excel to a treasury management system. <laughs> you know stuff like that
0: mike that's super interesting is there such a thing as a great group treasurer that wouldn't be a fit for a specific industry but that would thrive in another there there is such a thing
1: yeah i think so i think it's again it's all those different things when we did the treasury wheel sort of thing Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. about who fits which different companies you know sometimes i get candidates if you like they say look i don't want to work in certain industries Mm-hmm. You know, there might be moral things with them as well. They might not want to be yeah. in defense. They might not want to be in certain industries because of that. Mm-hmm. However, there might be other people who say they don't want to work in high tech mm-hmm. because they're not interested, you know, in crypto. They're not interested in this new technology. They just want to come in and do their treasury job and make sure they're focused on the people and things like that. So it's a whole host of things, if you like. So what makes a good great treasurer? your answer is, I don't quite know. Listen to the Treasury podcast and you <laughs> uh, know. And, and you know, the 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 one thing about it is they're all different. You know, I say to the mm. guys and little things that you know, sometimes when we're doing recruitment, mm-hmm. I said, the one thing you predict about people and they said, What's that? I said, Nothing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, I said, people Perfect. are unpredictable. You know, you yeah. get, you know, I had a guy up for a job just recently. He said, My actually my family situation's changed. I'm out. You know, my wife's going to have twins. I'm, uh, you know, but he was, you know, bang on for the job and everything else. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, that's life. Don't worry about it. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to get annoyed about it. It's annoying because you know we're back to the, you know, the drawing board. But the fact is, things move on and change. It's not about him. It's about life as well. So I think it's a wider thing this makes me think
0: there is a very good episode of yours with wade olson and uh upon something that i wanted to i mean discuss with you he Mm. talks about chaos he puts forward the fact that chaos brings a lot of opportunities in your career as a treasurer and it made me think a bit because treasury is all about risk management right and you touched upon this a bit earlier as well like audit comes in the treasury score because we're really about risk management so I'd say you tend to avoid chaos, right, as a group treasurer when you mm-hmm. lead a treasury practice. Uh, you have a defined governance framework, structures in place, segregations of duty, etc. And so I imagine he meant more something like changing, evolving environments, a little bit chaotic in that way. What's your take on this? What's your take on chaos in treasury and the impact on people's career and eventually the careers of people at the top of the ladder?
1: Yeah. I mean, the key thing is, as you say, you don't really want a chaotic treasury team, otherwise that's a recipe for disaster. What you very much want is how we're going to put it. You want someone that is able to cope with challenging times. You know, someone that is able to, you know, if things are going wrong, they don't ah, panic, you know, Mm -hmm. they their, you know, their attitude to risk. How do they mitigate risk? How do they cope? How do they cope under stress? Some of the things there, none of those have I talked about, how do you implement a TMS, treasury management mm-hmm. system? None of those. It's it's actually all about the softer skills, just as Hassam said, that it's much more about the personality. And actually, I think that's underestimated. Mm-hmm. You know, There are certain things that you might have when recruiting a CFO, you know, a number of CFO, finance director, recruiters, and there's a lot more that seems to go on where they're sort of Ticking a box. And what I mean by that is, okay. you know, have you worked in this environment? Have you coped at this level? Have you done this? Boom, boom, boom. Whereas mm-hmm. with Treasury, it's a little bit more, have you implemented this? Have you done this? What's your attitude to risk? What's this? It's quite a different ethos, if you like.
0: So, about this and how you lead people how do you make sure as a group treasurer to make your team grow because i guess that's a, a trait that is looked for uh, by many people who apply into treasury and end up in a treasury team how as a group treasurer you enable this within your team people to grow people to learn take up upon new responsibilities what's the what's the trick here
1: Well, before the responsibilities piece, I'm actually going to just bring up some notes here that we had, funnily enough, because I was asked this about ways to recruit junior treasury professionals. You guys and I, we've spoken about this. Mm -hmm. And one of the things here was how to be a good boss. And we've done this from the salary survey and things. And we've talked about it before, about 18% of people said be a good boss or manager. That was the key thing they wanted. A decent work-life balance, 17%, 16% friendly, supportive, Team varied work and then salary came in and things like that. So that was one of the key things there. And I'm going to let Katie Hardy come in the room and I'm going to carry on with the question. Sure Katie thing. can listen in and stuff. But you know, this was about when I was saying to treasurers mm-hmm. about keeping their staff, is the first thing I said is don't use me. I said this in a training session the other day. They're like, what? And I said, if you lose me, you've made a mistake. So I said, oh, we've got a relatively young team you know, back at the treasury Recruitment Company. And one thing that has changed, I say, say in the past three, maybe five, or five, three years, one year, is now I have to ask the guys, what do they want all the time? It's like, yeah. what do they want now? In three months time, six months time, a year from now, because as I've just said there, it's not actually about the salary. And one of these guys said, how do I be a good boss? And I said, mm-hmm. well, just use my my things. And they said, well, what do you mean? I said, right, say, how can I be a better boss to you? What's your work-life balance? How are you feeling about that? How's the team? You know, have you getting enough, enough variety? And I said, are we paying you enough? Because funnily enough, if you do those, you cover 14, 25, about 80% of people's gripes and groans. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's a good way to do it, if you like. So, yeah, it's a nice way to be able to do it, sort of thing.
2: So super interesting, Mike, that was exactly what we were looking for from this. One thing you've mentioned to us in the past and and has been stuck with me and Guillaume for a while now, you mentioned that like a treasure in Coca-Cola has a very different job to a treasure in Pepsi, right? Although they'll probably operate in similar markets and they have very similar product, but treasury aspect is so different. And that probably comes from what you've already mentioned, like the company culture and everything like that. The interesting side of that is when you've been a treasurer for X number of years—five years, ten years—you're already group treasurer. How do you keep it interesting for yourself, right? So, of all the people that you've interviewed and people you've moved around, some would assume if you're a treasurer in one company and treasurer in another, then okay, you're still a treasurer, right? But is that how people keep it interesting in that career, or is there other ways as well that people keep, you know, learning new things, finding new challenges, etc.? Once they've already hit the top of the the mountain, let's say, or the top yeah. of the ladder.
1: So if we talk about senior treasurers, and just caveat, by the way, I don't know how Pepsi run it. Currently, I used to be a big recruiter for Coke, and they have changed, Coca-Cola is a group. Mm-hmm. But I do know the groups, but, you know, we're not giving any secrets away and stuff. So we're <laughs> not really so yeah. talking about them. The point we were making there is that they do a, a product that has similarities. They're not the yeah. same, we know, just so that we <laughs> know. Totally oh, different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're just just saying that. So is it different industries? It can be that. And that's one of the things that you might see someone move from FMCG into heavy industrial and they can transition, you know, and they, but also we said earlier about different stages of evolution of treasury teams and treasury itself as well. That can be one of the key things that you go somewhere and they're a mess. There's nothing better for a treasurer sometimes, you know, as long as it's not, you know, too much of a mess to get in there and pay the wages. But you go in there and I sometimes, you know, say to people, look, the first six to 12 months are probably going to be horrible. You know, a lot of stuff to sort mm-hmm. out. You've got to get visibility on the balance sheet. you got to get this stuff sorted out. And everything. And inevitably, most of the time, it's not quite that bad, you know, because they will come into it with some of their guiding lights. So some of them will go in with cash management, FX risk, risk management in general and they'll have those in their back pocket and they go right this is and you know systems and technology and they'll bring those out of their sort of toolbox if you like and they'll bring those t- to play and then they might hire a team and they might systematize and then they grow the team and they grow you know they go out and they meet all the team but there does come a point a lot of the time I find after sometimes say five or six years unless there's a shift or the company is expanding doing acquisitions or when you get to that steady state a lot of treasurers get bored and they're like right where's my next challenge mm-hmm. but I have seen treasurers in jobs for 15 years and you know I talked to them and they said well actually I've worked for three companies and I'm like oh right but hang on no your business card one company they said yeah we were debt laden, uh, then we were cash rich Float on the stock exchange, mm. then we delisted and we came like this. And it's like working, you know, you've got the same business yeah. card, but you're doing three different treasurer jobs because all the mechanics change. That's mm. one of the key things. So it's about that. But going back to the earlier part of the show, we said, where do treasurers go next? Mm-hmm. I think again, there's sometimes a frustration. There's so much out there, but all this new technology, new challenges. Like all the stuff about crypto, all the stuff about cyber, all the stuff, systems and everything else, and coping with adversity. If it's not a pandemic, then it's a conflict in a different part of the world, mm-hmm. and how it's affecting all the other things that, you know, the pe- treasures have to cope with.
2: Yeah. So that probably comes from then. So the variety comes from industry, like you said, from FMCG yeah. to heavy industrial, for example, um, regions, I'm sure. Right. Mm-hmm. But Then also, which is an interesting point you raised there, the evolution of the company itself. So you can get variety in the same role just because the cash position or the cash, let's say, health of the company has changed so much. Or you can jump from a cash rich to a debt laden company to just get the extra challenge as well. Yeah. Anything yeah. else you'd add on that or?
1: Well, this comes back to another question that I was asked. But, and what are clients seeking when they're their next treasurer? And I said, also, it depends on the attitude of the CFO and the company itself, mm. because some CFOs will see their treasurer in the role of custodian of cash and cash is king, and, and that's it and everything else. Other ones want them to be sort of visionaries about you know bringing in new technology and everything else. And someone said, well, you know, what, what's, you know, is there a definitive answer? And I said, well, the easy answer is it depends. And that was, you know, more established company, sector. you want to, you know, change or remain the same with your next treasurer? Is it a new fast growth tech environment, debt laden, high cash, slower, more steady paced, established technology? And also another thing there is about where are you expanding to? You know, a UK company may be expanding internationally, taking over another.